0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 15th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, J-Book. Halfway through the season here, Buckeyes with the uh, off week this week. Not really an off week for the players. They practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They do have the weekend off, so this is where coaches always get worried is when the players have an off week. But um, let's start with your biggest Pleasant surprise on the offensive side of the football for Ohio State midway through the season. If there's one thing that you have to pick to be your biggest pleasant surprise on offense so far, what would it be, Jay Book?
1: I would say it's right tackle Dewan Jones. I was uh, I'm really surprised how well he's playing. If you look at pro football focus, they've had him graded out, I believe, two or three times out of the last six weeks as the top offense alignment in the Big Ten and that speaks volumes because you look at the talent that Ohio State has, the Big Ten is known for having uh, a lot of talented offensive linemen across the board and for DeWan Jones to be grading out so high for a guy who's a first-year starter at a right tackle. He was always a left tackle, but I think he's a, he's playing extremely well right now. He's not giving up a lot of pressures. And the guy, if he can get his hands on you or if he can get to the second level in the run game, he is an absolute mauler. And I'm surprised about how well he's playing so far.
0: I like that one a lot. Really curious about your take on the defense. Same question with the defense. I feel like it might be down to two guys here if I had to pick. But I'm, I'm curious to get your take on it. Biggest pleasant surprise on defense through the midway point of the season?
1: I have to go with my guy out here in Scottsdale, <laughs> Denzel Burke. I mean, the, the kid is playing sensational as a true freshman. He He's leading the nation as far as snaps. Uh, without allowing a 15-yard pass completion. So that tells you right now that this kid came in here really polished early on in the spring. He battled against Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, showed that he had no fear, and he just continues to get better. He's putting himself in great position. He's going to go up against uh, a lot more talented guys coming up in the meat of the Big Ten. But so far, just having Denzel Burke, being uh, a down-in, down-out starter in this defense as a true freshman, but also playing at an all-Big Ten type of caliber, a freshman All-American caliber level this early in his career has been huge because now, you know, you have three solid guys with Burke and Cam Brown and with – and with seven banks, and with seven banks being hurt early on, just the emergence of Denzel Burke being able to has speak volumes there. So I, I am really happy with his development. I think he has the potential to be a future first-round cornerback.
0: I agree with you. I think it has to be Denzel Burke. I, I would say um, a relatively close second would be Tyleek Williams, in my opinion. But Denzel Burke has started from day one. I can't think of another true freshman corner that's ever done that at Ohio State. Sean Springs I'll give started. you a runner-up. <laughs> go, go for it. Who's a runner-up? Still Chambers. I I
1: love the way Still Chambers flies around to the football. I mean, he has natural instincts. That screen pass to where he got off the block against Maryland and blew it up, which would have been a big game, was huge. And he's a guy that didn't play a lot of linebacker. He came over from the running back position. The coaches said uh, that he's just a guy that sees football goes and go and gets the football and I love the way he's emerging because he's providing depth there at the linebacker position that they desperately need I truly believe that he should be getting more snacks because every time he's on the field steel chambers makes plays and he pops off the screen so he's another guy that I'm really excited about his development so far
0: this season that's a good call I was thinking Denzel Burke or Tyler Williams I don't kind of overlook steel chambers even though I've been saying I'm very impressed with his instincts as a linebacker he's a see ball get ball type of guy good call on that good call i think you could really pick any of those three guys with denzel burke Tyler williams or steel chambers but i agree i think denzel burke has been the biggest pleasant surprise i mean like i said sean spring started as a freshman uh, from day one but he was a redshirt freshman <laughs> he wasn't a true freshman so uh yeah denzel burke very impressive what he's doing all right mayan williams we i think we kind of got to the bottom of it this week now ryan day when i asked him didn't flat out say that Mayan had been in the doghouse but that's what we've heard through multiple sources and but the good news is we're keeping it positive here on the show. Sounds like he's going to play next week against Indiana. So that's good. I, I feel like maybe he was got kind of the doghouse. Maybe he wasn't happy with some things that were transpiring. But the good news, man, it sounds like uh, Mayan's going to be back with the team for the trip to Indiana and, and they're going to need him. You know, is Travion Henderson the best running back on this team? Yes. I don't think anybody disputes that other than maybe Mayan Williams. I don't know, um, but they're going to need him. I, I even as well as Master Teague has been playing. I still think Mayan Williams is the second best running back on this team, Jay Book. So if it works out like it sounds like it's going to work out good news that Mayan williams um maybe uh, his trip to the doghouse is going to end here pretty soon
1: we need him uh to give back to the mayan williams that we saw early on in the season i'm sure that you know in, in his mind he he deserves to be the starter even though trey henderson has played out of this world better than what we've expected from a true freshman but you're going to need those guys um there's times where Henderson he's going to need to be spilled and I think Mayan brings that toughness he brings those hidden yards to the field that you don't necessarily see uh, early on unless you go back and watch it because there's times where he gets bottled up and he's able to take a no gainer from uh, or a loss to two to three yards so I, I love Mayan's game I think he is a guy that can fit in well with this program. I think that him and Henderson can be the one-two punch. That could be a Reggie Bush, Lindell White type of comparison from USC back in the days, and I think they have a role for him. It's just for him to, one, stay healthy, and two, just keep his head down, keep grinding. His time will come because he has a bright future, and he's going to be a guy that they're going to need down the stretch because as we get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule, you're talking about the best division in all of college football. There's going to be a time during this season where Trey Henderson, he's going to get heavy legs. It's just the nature of the beast. He's a true freshman, but he's good enough to where, you know, he's going to battle through that. But you're going to need everyone to to contribute here, and that's including Mayan. And I expect Mayan to come back against Indiana and play his butt off. And the thing that you're going to get from Mayon, Dave, you're going to get a guy who's going to play angry football. He already runs with a chip on his shoulder. Now that he's going to be back in the mix, and if he can get those meaningful carries, I expect him to try to knock somebody's block off whenever he gets to football.
0: All right, let's push it ahead here and look at uh, the teams that we think are going to make the college football playoff. Jay, book. It's a wild year in college football. It's wide open. I mean, it seems like there's about 12 teams that have a legit chance of making the CFP. Ohio State is absolutely one of those. I'm convinced if Ohio State finishes 12 and one, Big Ten champs, all those key wins that they would get, that they're going to make the college football playoff. It's not. A, it's not a sure thing, but I'm convinced they would get in at 12 and one. I just hope they get to twelve and one. That's that would be my bigger concern: is getting to twelve and one, as opposed to if you're twelve and one, you get are you going to get in if you're Ohio State? So let's project it out, my friend. Who are your four teams that you think will make the college football playoff this year?
1: I'm going with uh, Georgia. They're definitely going to be in there unless something happens where they lose to Florida or Kentucky this weekend, and they turn around and lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. But for now, I have Georgia in. Ohio State has the toughest road ahead out of all the teams, uh, beating four potential top 10 teams for Ohio State if they're able to go 12-1 and and a Big Ten championship. That's a lot they're going to be in. Now you look at uh, Oregon, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, um, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, if they run the table, they're in but I'm not convinced that they're that they won't have a slip up along the way I just think that Oklahoma's been vulnerable all year we'll see if Caleb Williams the true freshman uh put a spark in them and really takes them to the next level so I I for now I got Oklahoma in that makes three and I'm going with Cincinnati I think Oregon's going to slip up along the way again which will open the door for Cincinnati to get in as an undefeated non-powerful team first time in history and boy what type of matchup would it be if you had a, an Ohio State versus a Cincinnati Dave I mean that right there would be absolute TV uh ratings gold but for now that's where I see it but as you mentioned there's so many teams this thing is absolutely wide open I was looking listening to uh you know cover three podcasts coming from 24-7 and those guys made the the hypothetical situation that said if you have an undefeated Michigan going into the Ohio State game, if Ohio State wins that game closely, they see the committee putting in both Ohio State and Michigan 11 and 1 Michigan team in there over at a 11 and 1 Iowa team or a undefeated Cincinnati team. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I can see it. I feel like the committee would love to get a major brand like Michigan in there. But I think the big 10, they could be in a great situation to get two teams in this playoff. If there's more uh, carnage along the way, because when when you look at the four top 10 teams, it is definitely the hardest. Obviously those teams are going to knock each other out. It's going to be how far will they drop? You see it with the sec. If they have a loss, those teams don't drop very far. If the big 10 can keep, those teams relatively close to the top 10, it can bode well for the big 10 potentially getting two teams in. If there's some slip ups along the way against the, from
0: the top teams up top. Man, that'd be nice to get two big 10 teams in. I will believe it when I see it. I'm afraid there's going to be two <laughs> SEC teams in. I, I, I'm i afraid that Alabama's going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And then both of them would get in. If that's Georgia's only loss, they'll get in. If Bama's only loss, um, is in the regular season to Texas A&M. That's not a great loss, but they'd be SEC champs. So I think in that scenario, hopefully Georgia just takes care of Bama and Bama's just out. Right now, I I will say Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Alabama, which is a little bit of a crazy prediction because I'm picking two SEC teams, one Big Ten team, one ACC, Um, or not ACC, um, AAC, American Athletic Conference, and I'm leaving out the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 because I think Oklahoma is going to lose another game or lose a game. They haven't lost one yet. If they lose once, I think they're out because they've been so close. Um, They just haven't looked good. Oregon needs to lose again. I think the Pac-12 is going to be out as long as Oregon's not the Pac-12 champ with only one loss. And I don't see a team from the ACC making it with uh, Clemson. It's going to be interesting, man. I you know, probably my four hey. is probably are probably not the four that are going to make it, but that's <laughs> that's my pick is Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Bama. Go ahead, sir.
1: Let me let me throw this scenario out actually. What if Oregon wins out and they are a 12 and 1 Pac Pac-12 champ? Then, then what we'll happens? A-
0: I think they yeah. have to be in. They, that's what I mean. Or, Oregon has to lose again. They do for Ohio State. I mean, if they're both sitting there at 12, even though Ohio State's ranked ahead of them right now, and Ohio State would have all of these quality wins. I mean, maybe Ohio State would get in because Ohio State would have all these quality wins and have the same record. And Oregon's loss would be to Stanford. Ohio State's loss would be to Oregon, though. Maybe they would go head-to-head head there, or maybe they wouldn't. I, I don't know, but I, I, I agree with you. I think Oregon needs another loss.
1: I think if Oregon r- runs the table, you might have a situation where it would come down to a twelve and one Ohio State with arguably the best resume out of everybody in college football versus an undefeated Cincinnati team. I think that I think that's what it would come down to in your scenario. If you're getting two SEC teams in there, I mean it, it's wild. And the thing is, Dave, I think this would be probably the first year where we can truly say this is the year where we needed eight teams. I mean, the eight-team playoff with all of those teams up up top there, it would just be sensational because every game would just be like a a mini playoff there, especially in the Big Ten there because, you know, you have, you know, teams sitting at nine and ten there in the Big Ten – Every If you win one of those games, it will do so much for your strength of schedule and your perception with the committee if we had the eight teams. I can't wait till that happens. But to me, I think Ohio State fans need to keep their eyes on Oregon because I truly believe that if Oregon wins out, it's really going to muddy the waters. They definitely need them to lose one, even though Ohio State will have uh, definitely the the strength of schedule. But that head-to-head matchup on Ohio State turf – will carry some weight within the committee's eyes.
0: Yeah, last thing. I, you make a good point about the eight-team playoff. It, this would be the perfect year for it, it feels like. Maybe when you know the dust settles, maybe there'll be four clear teams. We'll be like, okay, four is perfect. But it does feel like this year would be the year to go to eight. I've been against that. I've, I've been saying I think four would be – four is perfect. Usually they struggle to find four teams that are worthy. There might be three teams. They have to you know, get somebody in the back door to make it four. But, man, you're right. It does feel like this year would be the year to have eight teams in the playoff. What do you think about Iowa? I mean, do you think Iowa is deservedly to
1: be – do you think they're the number two team, or do you think, you know, they're a little overrated? Because to me, you know, you look at the 121st offense, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I've yet to see a team that really spreads Iowa's defense out, make them run sideline to sideline. That's why if Ohio State sees them in Indy, I just don't think Iowa has the horses to run with Ohio State. You tempo them to death and make those guys run – I just think that it, it could be a mismatch as far as styles, but I do see Iowa playing a Georgia type of team to the wire, you know, in the low scoring with a Vegas total of 32 points over under there in that type of ball game.
0: Yeah. I don't think Iowa's the second best team in the country, but you know, they, um you know, they, they deserve that spot for now, but yeah, man, I, I don't think they're the second best team in the country. And I agree with you. I mean, I do think their offense is probably a little bit better than where it's ranked. I mean, it's ranked as the uh, what the 11th worst total offense in the country. Uh, I was looking at that today. The 11th worst total offense in the country, but they've had games. That they've had like multiple pick sixes where the offense doesn't really have to do anything. Again, they wouldn't have a, a good offense either way. But I think their offense is a little better than what the stats look. They can run the ball. Um, Petrus isn't a terrible quarterback, but I'm with you. I think Ohio State would have the clear advantage in that game. I don't like how Ohio State would be coming off a very emotional – in that scenario, it would be an emotional win over Michigan in Ann Arbor the previous week. We've seen it before where Ohio State gets up for Michigan, and then you know, we saw it a couple of years ago with Wisconsin. That 2019 Ohio State team – was a juggernaut and they beat down Michigan and then they had to play Wisconsin the next week and they weren't ready and they got down yeah. a couple touchdowns in the first half and had to come back and beat Wisconsin. So I think, I, I agree with you. I think Iowa would give Ohio state a good game because they're a tough team. Um, but I think Ohio state would have the advantage there. And again, I think 12 and one Ohio state gets in.
1: That was that I said that on Twitter uh, earlier this week, that was my biggest concern when it came to Iowa What what it because Ohio State traditionally starts slow in the Big Ten championship game, because as you mentioned, they get up and they give so much emotionally and physically for the Michigan game that it's going to take a toll. And this year you're going to have three straight sledgehammer games. Mel Tucker. And Michigan State, that team, they're a nasty, salty group. I mean, they're the guys that are going to play through the whistle. They're going to punch. They're going to fight. They're going to hit you in the mouth. And they have arguably the best running back in the country, some uh, talented wide receivers, and their quarterback is playing some ball. Their pass defense is not up to snuff. But Michigan State, that's going to be a tough out. That is going to be a battle. And You turn that around and have to get ready for Michigan, and then, boom, turn that right back around a week later, and get ready for the number two team in the country in Iowa. That's why I say as long as Ohio State handled their business, there's not going to be a team in the country that has that resume at the end of the year that's going to be in front of national eyes for three weeks in a row like Ohio State is. But that, that told, that's where you're going to have Ohio State debt come into play, Dave, because Ohio State is going to have the most depth out of every team in the Big Ten, and that's where it's going to have to play key Now, we all scratched our head and hit our heads against the wall with this program playing so many younger guys and having the deep hockey rotation that I think it hampered those guys getting to a rhythm. But at the end of the year, that's where it may come in handy because now you have so many guys with so much experience that you're going to need all hands on deck for
0: those three straight games. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.